นโมทัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะนโมทัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะนโมทัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะพุทธังธรรมังสังฆังนามสังNew member of the community, Anagarika Will, has joined the community to take up his uh, aspirations for training in the renunciate life, and we indeed wish him well on that. And it's uh, clearly evident that he spent a good period of time looking around and uh, making up his mind, and it's not a A rash decision. It's a, a well-considered uh, decision, and I'm, I feel very confident that uh, it's a skillful decision. And the skillfulness of our actions is uh, something that we can't think about too much. This is uh, something that that the Buddha invested a lot of time and energy, and uh, the Myriad great teachers, the monks and nuns and lay teachers, uh, since the time of the Buddha, encouraging us to identify and uh, what is skillful and what is unskillful, and and how to cultivate that which is skillful and let go of that which is unskillful, and and that we. Have this tradition, this convention of living together as a community is not insignificant. And, uh, again, the, uh, all of you would be aware of how much effort the Buddha put into establishing the code of discipline. And in fact, there's a recorded conversation between the Buddha and his attendant, Venerable Ananda, regarding how come the dispensation of Gautama Buddha, our Buddha. Uh, how come his dispensation uh, is going to last longer than some of the previous Buddhas? And and it's recorded that the Buddha said the 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 life of the dispensation uh, is determined uh, to a large degree by the vinaya, by the code of discipline, and by the training. So the Buddha was. Particularly uh, able in in setting up and explaining uh, the benefits of of cultivating that which is skillful. And similarly, I, we here we are in 2015, benefiting from the teaching example and instruction from Ajahn Chah, who was also uh, distinctly uh, able in in giving laying out the Uh, not just the theory of the teaching, but also the application, the training. So, so at this stage of uh, Will beginning his life as a as a member of a renunciate community, it's uh, appropriate to bring this to heart, bring this to mind, and, and consider what is skillful and what is not skillful. And, uh, and as I was saying at the beginning of the precepts. It can be very skillful, very helpful, very nourishing 
to bring to heart and mind the recognition that you're joining a lineage, you're aligning yourself with a flow, with a current. You know, this, this effort that we all want to make that's hopefully going to break us out of the habits of delusion, ignorant existence, this, this effort is not necessarily an easy matter. It's, uh, maybe we and certainly others have started making this effort and then fallen short or given up or fallen into despair. Or, so learning to find out where do we get the support from in making this effort, this consistent effort. And so one of the ways of finding support is to just reflect on all those that have gone before us. It wasn't for all the, the lay people who put a huge amount of energy into building these buildings here or the monks who've lived here before, who've kept the precepts and have inspired the lay community to practice generosity and supporting this place. If it wasn't for Rajin Sumato's uh, radical move to leave the forests of Thailand and, and attempt to establish this renunciate monastic tradition here in this culture, if it wasn't for Rajin Chah's years of, of extraordinary effort and, and, and discipline and commitment and... And all before, then we wouldn't have this. And and similarly, if it wasn't for our parents who you know, made a great deal of effort uh, for years, not just for a few weeks or a few months, but years, many years, uh, at the least 15, 16, 17, 18 years taking care of us, and we wouldn't have this opportunity. So uh, reflecting on this helps align us with the reality. All this goodness, this current of goodness, this huge, massive amount of of well-wishing and generosity and self-sacrifice has what's brought this about. And when we're faced with the the experience of the self-contraction, the, the pain, the loneliness, the disappointment, the frustration, the despair, the failure, and all the rest of it, if we're not in touch with uh, the goodness, then we can misread it. We can think it's all too much. And, and probably at some stage or other, uh, all of us uh, have come across or will come across such an experience in this training. It's all too much. Yeah. Well, that's the time where we need to know where to turn to reconnect uh, with the goodness that's going to sustain us in our aspiration. So particularly at this time, for will beginning the journey as a renunciate and for the rest of us redetermining our precepts as we do every fortnight to bring this to mind, the, the extraordinary, phenomenal amount of goodness, the current of goodness that we are a part of and we're contributing to. That's also a helpful, skillful uh, theme of reflection. So what contribution am I making to feel that we are being good, that we're cultivating good? And something you can do every day, actually. And you have all heard me talk, I expect, about ending the day with the dedication of punya. There's not just a, a kind of 
liturgical prayer or formal recitation that we do in the chanting every evening. It's not just part of the tradition. It is that. But more than that, it's a skillful way of optimizing on the effort that we're making. If at the end of the day you stop and reflect on the, the goodness of your effort. And it doesn't matter how, how much you made a mess of today, there's going to have to be some goodness. There's got to be some goodness. And so making the resolution that this goodness, uh, this be of a benefit, not just for me, but for all beings. And then, as you know, in the, the chanting, we reflect on, on our parents and our teachers and the beings that have helped us and the beings that obstruct us. We include all of them and generate the wish, may they benefit from my investment in cultivating goodness. Now, the, the goodness that comes from doing good things and, and avoiding doing not good things, uh, the, the, the effort that we make to practice restraint and body, speech and mind, this, this goodness is not the goal. Uh, this is a way of generating the energy so that we can progress towards the goal. The goal, as obviously all aware, is liberation. We have faith, we have confidence that liberation from this dysfunction, this distortion of consciousness that we experience and we call ignorance, call us ignorance, this malfunction that means that the heart regularly gets taken over, overwhelmed by greed, aversion and delusion, these poisons pollute our consciousness and distort our seeing. We misjudge things. We attach to things that we assume are going to help us, but the attachment, in fact, spoils things. Yeah. And this is, um, takes, again, a lot of effort, a lot of skillfulness to be able to undo the habit of believing in these distortions, yeah. the distortion of the commitment to me and mine. Yeah. It's me and mine feels so unbelievably important. Yeah. And we can't just get rid of it by thinking that it's not true or not relevant. It's a, it's a dynamic. It's, 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 a, it's an energy field. This me, it's, a, it's not just a thought. It's a whole manifestation and expresses itself in... It can express itself in tremendous goodness and beauty and also, sadly, it expresses itself in that which is not good and not beautiful. And so this commitment to transform, to go beyond this painful condition, this is the reason we're here. It's not just to become good, but the goodness is essential. That's like our, our reserve or our resources that we, we need to align ourselves with, to reflect on and to contribute towards. And, and we do it by way of our actions of body and speech and then also, of course, uh, in the inner life that we're all committed to here, we do it inwardly in the heart and the mind. And, and that's also important to be consistent with. We can get inspired and we can behave ourselves reasonably well for a while then we forget and then we lose the edge and we become lazy or unskillful and and do things that we end up regretting by way of body and speech well similarly with our minds with our hearts to find ways of helping ourselves and helping each other to be consistent in 
our inner reflection. And one of the things that helps is to focus on keeping it simple. It's uh, so easy to complicate everything, to complicate our life uh, outwardly and inwardly and to create problems where they don't really exist. And so the effort, uh, the, the definition of our life here as renunciates is, is characterized by simplification. As Ajahn Chah, when he was asked, how do you define Buddhism? He said, simplify your life and watch your mind. Just watching your mind is not good enough because if your, if your life is too complicated and you're going to get too confused and too scattered and watching your mind is not going to reveal the patterns of reality so you can see them and see beyond them. Just simplifying your life is not enough. You can be very, very simple, but if you're not watching the mind, not watching your heart, not reflecting wisely, then you can just make a fixed position out of living simple and get conceited about it. So that's not the point. But the two together, simplify your life and watch your mind, is right at the heart of our Buddhist practice, our Buddhist training. And so when it comes to our consistent inner wise reflections, we can just just remember what the Buddha said about the middle way. There is this middle way. This is what liberated the Buddha himself. And all his disciples who've been liberated ever since. There is this middle way. Majima Patipata. And he talked about the two extremes, which we've heard about many times, indulging in pleasure and and then going to the other side and indulging in pain and described as self-mortification. Or again, to quote our teacher Ajahn Chah, when somebody uh, asked him about the middle way, it was somebody who hadn't been particularly involved, although it was a Thai person and he was ostensibly a Buddhist, he hadn't really uh, invested much in the understanding of Buddhism and, and then he was faced with some very sad uh, tragic circumstances and was struggling terribly to come to terms with it and he was recommended, inspired to come and talk with Ajahn Chah and he asked Ajahn Chah, he said, what is this middle way? And Ajahn Chah said, one extreme is getting lost in liking. The other extreme is getting lost in disliking. The middle way is seeing the tendency to get lost. I'm not sure those were the exact words, but something like that. And that, just keeping practice that simple is a great blessing. And we all have things we like and things we dislike. And the people we live with. And, and sometimes we find each other agreeable, sometimes we find each other disagreeable. But where's the freedom? The freedom is not in just following the liking and, and following the disliking. Trying to stop the liking and stop the disliking, that's not it either. Somebody came to see me the other day, been suffering with some very unpleasant medical condition and he's been a Buddhist for many years and, and uh, has a, a genuine commitment to practice, not just you know, a kind of cursory glance at the, at the, the, the theory of practice. He's very committed to, to applying these teachings, but he was feeling intensely frustrated 
by what he was confronted with. And when we got to talking about it, it was like he was feeling guilty because he wanted his medical condition to go away. He didn't want to be sick. He didn't want to have these significantly painful symptoms that he was having to endure. He wanted them to go away, and he was feeling bad about it. He was trying to not want. Yeah. But trying to not want is, you know, you get a little bit more subtle. You see, that's just another form of wanting. Wanting to not want, you tie ourselves up in a terrible tangle. That's why our refuge is, our refuge is awareness. Our refuge is in restraint and wise reflection. Yeah. Our refuge is not in making conditions likable or avoiding that which is dislikable. The tendency to liking, the tendency to disliking, is the movement of the mind. In what is all that movement taking place? That's our wise reflection. Don't have to stop wanting. You feel sick and have pain. You can want to get better. That's normal. You see how your mind is polluted with anger or jealousy or resentment and you don't want it to be that way. That's normal. But we have a choice whether we're going to cling and follow and get lost in that which is likable or get lost in that which is dislikable. Getting lost is not an obligation. We have this choice to expand our field of awareness, create the space, create the light, generate the light of knowing in our hearts and minds and feel freely what it feels like to feel this. You feel, I don't want to be here anymore. Absolutely fine. That really doesn't matter. But so long as we feel it freely. If we cling to it and get lost, we'll be packing our bags and off down the road. That's what happens. Or I'm the luckiest person in the world. I'm the most fortunate, blessed person in the world living in the best monastery. I'm so fortunate. I must be some sort of special person. You have such conceited, inflated self-view. No problem. So long as we have a perspective on it. So we feel it freely, see it clearly. Now if our practice is too complicated and we get tied up in knots over judging what's agreeable and what's disagreeable, what's suitable and what's unsuitable. We don't see these things clearly. We don't feel these moods freely. And so letting go doesn't happen. So our commitment to keeping life simple is is very skillful. Finding how to stay on track. Getting, feel like we're losing our direction, losing our faith, or maybe we're making things too complicated. Just pull back and reflect on liking and disliking. The middle of the way is that which sees liking and disliking. Knowing liking and disliking is an expression of the middle way. And it needs the goodness. We need all the goodness that we can master. So the goodness in our own lives and, and also the goodness that we share with each other. As I was saying in the beginning, is, is to reflect on my contribution. What am I contributing to the community that I'm a part of? So wishing you all well, and particularly Will, and this is the beginning of the path, and uh, we, uh, I'm sure I speak for all of us here and giving you invitation that if there's anything we could do any time that supports you in your training, please feel free to ask.
Mira, Juan. Ay, no me dan, dame agua. 